Welcome to Natural Kids Health Podcast, hosted by board-certified health practitioner Fraser Bridgman. Fraser shares how she went from world judo and jiu-jitsu champion to dedicating her life to helping her daughter, Michaela, who was struggling with life-threatening health issues. After helping her daughter get her health back, she has become a world-renowned health coach. Fraser now shares how you can help your own family achieve the health and wellness goals they deserve. Now here's Fraser. Hi, I'm your host, Fraser Bridgman. Welcome to today's show of Natural Kids Health, episode 007. Today we are talking about sleep and just how important it is for overall health and well-being and the growth of our children's brains. According to John Hopkins Children's Hospital, studies show that the kids who do not get adequate regular sleep have problems with attention, behavior, learning and memory, and other problems. If a child gets good regular sleep with enough hours for their age category, they have improved attention, improved behavior, increased learning and memory, and an overall generalized improvement in health, physical health, and mental health compared to kids who had irregular sleep habits, interrupted sleep, poor sleep hygiene, or actual sleep disorders. And I think we can all say that we know that this to be true. I know if I have gone with poor sleep, especially for extended periods of time, everything in life is just generally harder. I feel less vitality. I feel less energy. I feel less optimism. I feel generally less healthy. I feel like even my digestion tract goes off and my mood is not as positive as normal. It can really affect us in a lot of ways. And the more sleep deprived we become, the more sleep deprivation causes an accumulation of problems within our day-to-day lives. Children who do not get regular adequate sleep are at a much greater risk of having and developing high blood pressure, obesity, and depression, among other health risks like lowered immunity, so an inability to, to fight off infections and the cold and flu, especially when they're in school, in the school season where there are just germs everywhere. This is something that we really want to avoid. And of course, leading to learning difficulties, poor grades in school, and which affects us throughout life. Healthy sleep is an essential part of life for optimal health, both for our children and for ourselves, for us as parents, that we need to get great sleep to be able to function at our best each and every day and to enable us to keep up with our energetic children. It's just a fact. I know that I've had many, many, many sleepless nights uh, raising a special needs kid who has had chronic sleep issues since day one. And definitely I function at a better level having good night sleeps as does she. And we're going to go over how we can improve everyone's sleep for better quality of life. Children who become sleep deprived have a much higher rate of behavioral problems like we talked about. And it is actually linked for those kids to have an increase in activities participating in high-risk activities. They suffer from greater rates of anxiety and mental health disorders, according to research done by Yale School of Medicine. So I don't know if you can argue with Yale, but I sure wouldn't. The fact remains that kids and adolescents who have poor sleep tend to be less productive and healthy in life. 
Sleep plays a pivotal role in overall happiness, resiliency, and language acquisition. These are studies that have been done and who have proven this to be true time and time again. So as your kid's brain is developing in their young years, sleep is essential. How much sleep do they need? Well, statistics show that toddlers need about 11 to 14 hours of sleep a day. Preschoolers need between 10 and 13 hours of sleep, and school-aged children need between 9 and 12 hours of good sleep, good quality sleep. What affects quality of sleep for these kids? Well, of course, we've talked about this in other episodes in regards to different mental health. Sleep is a the same. It is affected by high stress, whether it is chronic stress over long periods of time that drains their hormones that help them sleep, or whether it is traumatic stress that happens in a big occurrence that can disrupt their sleep pattern and start creating sleep patterns that are unhealthy. This goes along with anxiety. Children often who have anxiety or an anxious personality tend to have poor qualities of sleep. So if callers always going back to finding that underlying root cause of anxiety can help to improve the quality of sleep as well. And of course, it is a vicious circle because if you can get sleep better, the anxiety generally automatically will also be reduced. Having actual mood disorders, ADHD and autism are all also very closely linked to affect quality, high quality sleep. So what can help? Melatonin is a hormone naturally created within the body. And sometimes we become or are not good creators of it ourselves. And it takes our circadian rhythm off balance. So melatonin is most known for taking when you have gone on a long flight and you're in a different time zone and you need to kind of reset your body, your body's natural clock and your body's natural rhythm to sleep maybe in a different time and to catch up on sleep missed throughout, let's say, an overnight flight. But melatonin can actually be helpful and is one of the first things that is often tried in kids and adults who start sleeping poorly. So you start at a low dose, you take it as the sun is gone down, and it should help you to fall asleep and possibly to stay asleep and get healthier deep sleep. It's also really important to get regular exercise. Regular exercise can help get the energy out of the body so that it needs to get deeper sleep. A couple of other things that are important to increase the quality of sleep is making sure your kids and yourself are not drinking caffeine throughout the day, especially after lunchtime. I mean, I'm not an advocate for children to be on caffeine at any point of the day, but most certainly if it is consumed after lunchtime, it will definitely affect their quality of sleep. Perhaps it is the state of not being able to fall asleep or even affect the ability to stay asleep and get into a deep sleep itself. What is caffeine? Well, it is in, you can find it in most soda, pop as we say in Canada, (laughs) energy drinks, and other things. And of course, Avoiding stimulatory things in our bedrooms like TVs, computers, the blue light energizes our brain and it makes it feel like it is supposed to be awake. So we really try and encourage parents to make their bedrooms for their children very relaxing, 
calming, not entertaining for them so that they know when they go into bed, they're kind of teaching their brains and teaching their bodies that it is time to simmer down, settle down and sleep. These are things we have to teach our children. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves of the same things. It's helpful to set a regular bedtime. So meaning if your kids are whatever age and whatever you decide upon, you stick with it. So let's say we decide that 9.30 is a good bedtime for what works in your household. Keeping that consistent seven days a week has shown to be very, very promising in helping children get in a pattern to that their brain says, okay, this is time where I settle down. This is time every day where I start to promote the proper melatonin hormones and I start to reset my clock to where it should be. It really helps the brain and the body to understand what it's doing and when it's supposed to do it. So setting a very regular bedtime and sticking with it every day. Also setting a wake-up time for your kids. So perhaps it's eight o'clock in the morning. Then regardless of how well they slept, you still get them up at that routine. So where you don't want to get into the vicious cycle is where they have poor night's sleep perhaps, or they went to bed late and then you're letting them sleep till 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, it's definitely going to get you in a pattern of interrupted sleep. And then they're not going to be tired that night by 9.30 that the set that you've set the bedtime and now here you go with this kind of like roller coaster and your body's just always confused and then in a state of, am I supposed to be awake? Am I supposed to be sleeping? And it, it's not a healthy sleep routine. And that brings us to having a bedtime routine. So really teaching your body, okay, this is the routine of what we do. So for younger kids, you know, we really little kids, you kind of talk about, you know, they get their bath and their bottle and then you get they go to bed. That is really it really helps improve infancy sleep and toddler sleep. So kind of getting a routine of it that keeps going through preschool years. Perhaps it's, you know, a glass of water and they get a story, they have a bubble bath and then they get a cuddle and then they get a lullaby and then they go to sleep. Like it's the same. It is consistent every night at the same time, the same routine, teaching the child and the body and the brain What we are doing is leading us to unwind and go to sleep. And it's important to be consistent with that. Like we talked about making sure we don't have the stimulation of the blue screens. I say two hours before that 930 mark is when those screens get shut off. It makes a huge difference. And you're going to see a lot more statistics come out now that tablets and iPhones are are an epidemic amongst young children that it's just really going to create and wreak havoc in our systems with these blue lights. You're going to see it come out. It's already out, but you're going to see it more and more and more. It's going to be talked about more and more and more as we see poor sleep and actual sleep disorders being diagnosed in younger ages. So really turning the TVs off, maybe setting a timer that 7.30 if the bedtime routine or has been set for 9.30, that say, okay, it's time to turn off our screens. It's time to wind down. We're going to start with our bath and then moving slowly through that exact bedtime routine that teaches us to go to sleep. Of course, a big part of a good sleep routine because one of the effects is stress is really reducing that stress, particularly before bed. So sometimes we can't make stress go away. Sometimes, you know, you can't help make your child not go to school and have the stresses of friendships and things and you work through those things and teach them coping mechanisms. 
But particularly before bed, during that two hours of unwind time, you really want to reduce any form of stresses that you possibly can. Having a calming bedtime environment. So sometimes if a child really needs extra help with calming down, you have to find what works for them. Maybe it's a lower lit room, definitely blocked out curtains. Some kids are very sensitive to out little bits of lights. Some kids, however, have fear of the dark, so they need a little bit of nightlight and figuring that out. But the goal in itself is having a very calming environment for them to sleep in. And of course, that the temperature of the room is not too warm. Statistics are very strong on this, that if your child is overheated and warm, they will get a less quality sleep than if you keep the room cool and they can keep blankets on, that's totally fine. But having the environment itself be too warm is is not good. And of course, like we said, with the ch- children who have fear, because ch- definitely in preschool years, children tend to have bad dreams or their own personal fears as they're working through and understanding the way the world works around them, that if they have fears of monsters and fears of the dark, that this is just really not fluffed off as unimportant, but really addressed because this really genuinely can keep your children up at night and give them poor quality of sleep. So having a healthy diet is next on the list. Low in processed foods and sugars with no food dyes, no colors, no additives or preservatives. All of these things can act on the nervous system, become neurotoxic in different ways depending on your child and can stimulate them just as the caffeine can. And you really want to, if you're really trying to address a sleep issue, then you really have to look at their diet. You really have to control what goes into them, not only what they drink as far as juice and sugars like that, but also the foods throughout the day. Definitely food dyes and food colorings are top of the list, but really cutting down and giving them a whole food diet as much as possible is going to really help long-term with sleep. If you know that your child has a sleep disorder, if they are diagnosed with a sleep disorder, I would definitely suggest what I would do for my child, what I have done for my child, and what I would do even for myself if I had sleep issues is I would 100% run a functional at-home lab test that looks for the root cause and imbalances. So I would definitely do an organic acid test. It's just a small amount of urine that can show up to set, like over 70 markers to see how their gut health is because gut health is it has a huge relation to how the chemicals in the brain work. And you know sometimes it's just something simple that you can change. And it can be that simple to rebalance the body and improve their quality of sleep and therefore improve their overall quality of life. Some other helpful tips to do would be chamomile tea before bed. And I know a lot of us think like tea for my kid. Well, I mean, there's no caffeine in it. It is just an herbal tea and it can actually be very helpful. So chamomile is shown to be very, very calming to the nervous system and can be very helpful to kind of winding down and can be added into that regular bedtime routine like we talked about. Another natural thing is using lavender, pure essential oil. You can use it in their bubble bath. You can use it in a diffuser in their room. And I actually like to put it in some coconut oil and rub it on my daughter's feet before she goes to bed. There's lots of pores down there to absorb it. I find that it really is helpful. And of course, the melatonin that we talked about, starting with three milligrams, dissolvable under the tongue. There's different kinds, but that's the one that I prefer, whether it's in liquid or a dissolvable pill. Of course, because I don't want kids having to swallow pills, of course. And then magnesium. Magnesium is shown to be very, very calming to the nervous system. 
definitely going between 100 and 350 milligrams, starting on the lower end and working your way up over a course of a couple of weeks to see if it affects your child's stools. So too much magnesium can be softening to the stools and can create diarrhea in some children. But of course, if your child suffers from constipation, this is a huge sign that they need to increase their magnesium intake. And this can be done with something like magnesium calm, which you just add to water and it kind of creates a bubbly flavored water before they go to bed. Magnesium citrate and magnesium oxide can have, like I said, these laxative type properties. So if that's something that your child does not need, then you want to go for more of a magnesium full spectrum so that it doesn't have quite the laxative effects for them, depending on your child's gut health, of course. Next, I would say that checking for heavy metals and heavy metal toxicities, that can often make a child very have this kind of neurological heightened response, making it difficult to sleep, having higher increased anxiety. It again is a simple at-home lab test and with comes to you, comes to your house, it is a little bit of hair. So what happens if your child has heavy metal buildup in their body? Well, of course, it is highly linked to anxiety, learning disabilities, and poor sleep. The lab itself checks for arsenic, cadmium, lead, mercury, and aluminum. Products we use on our kids every single day have these in them. So learning to use chemicals that are free from these types of pesticides and chemicals and toxins can help reduce the load on their bodies. Personal care products can be switched over and you can go to the Environmental Working Group. They have a wonderful website that would be helpful to you kind of as you want to make the transition to all natural products and getting rid of the products that have these chemicals that can disrupt their hormone systems and include heavy metals. It also shows their mineral levels in this test. So you know if perhaps your child needs to be on a high, a good quality multivitamin to see where their carpal levels are at, etc. Rather than guessing, you will know the answer and you can get to the underlying root cause. So we always say, don't guess, test. So that's where we will leave it at today for sleep. I hope this is helpful. Please send it to anyone you think that could use the information. And thank you for joining me. And if you have the time, please give us a five-star rating on our podcast. Have a great day. Speak soon. We'd love for you to continue listening on your journey to developing happy, healthy kids. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Need one-on-one guidance for your family? Schedule a free consultation with Fraser at FraserBridgman.com and we'll be thrilled to work with you. Again, that's FraserBridgman.com. Thanks for listening to Natural Kids Health with Fraser Bridgman.